So we are confident and we are sure, we know that you are in the midst of us. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. just want her to sing a very good song. Let's reflect on the beautiful name.
Jesus' name we pray, and the saints said, Amen. We may take our seat. Well, we are already seated, but the few who are not. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's try to see how best we can conclude this message, if we can. The straight and narrow gate. The straight and narrow gate. Let's look at our golden, golden or key text. Matthew 7, 13 and 14, and Luke 13, 23 and 24. Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Let's use, okay, after this we'll read them again in NLT. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many I say unto you will, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. I mean, this should be frightening to those who are not uh, committed in a certain way to our Lord and who are not doing what they need to do according to scriptures. It's frightening. Let's use NLT Matthew 7, 13 to 14. The worst is those who are in the broad, on the broad road and don't know it and they are very confident they are on the narrow road but they are, they are on the broad road. What a pity. But everything is in the Bible for us to see. It's all in the Bible. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Only. The highway to hell. Hey. The highway to hell. Let me show you something here. Let me show you something very interesting. The highway to hell is what? Broad. Noun. It is very scary. Okay. For time's sake. Okay, now you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose the easy way. So it is not a matter, so for them, so it means that there is an easy way and that way people feel it is the way to life. 
but they don't know that God has set it in his way that that easy way is going to is the way to hell. But people have not read the Bible or understood to understand that if you are in an e- on an easy road, then you are going to hell. I didn't see it. Jesus said it before I was born. <laughs> but the gate to life is small. Small. And the road is narrow. On, and only a few ever find it. Eesh. So it means that many are looking for it. But you see, look at the world population. How many people are seeking God or are trying to go to heaven? What's the percentage of people trying to go to heaven now? Not that many. Many are in different religions. Many are atheists. Many are just not interested. They believe in God, but they don't care. But out of the few who are looking, many of the few will not make it. That's the point. (laughs) Someone asked Lucas 13, uh, 23 and 24. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, the door to heaven is narrow. Work hard to get in because many will try to enter. So we talked about it. Uh, NLT, many will try to enter and will fail. So it's very clear that we need to understand the characteristics of the narrow road. Otherwise, we might think we are on the narrow road and not knowing that we are on the broad road. How many, is this crystal clear that there's a broad road, there's a narrow road? Some who feel they are on the narrow road are on the broad road. Some who feel they are going to heaven are on their way to hell. So, if we know the characteristics of the narrow road, it will help us. Number one, we talked about is count the cost. They talked about it. We need to count the cost and understand. Let's quick, yes, anyway, we've read it already. So we need to count the cost. Know that Christianity is not cheap. It was purchased. Very important. We were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. We were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. A high price. So our salvation has been bought and paid for in full. So my ticket to salvation has already been paid for. I don't need to do anything about it but to believe and confess Christ as Lord, accept his blood, uh, a sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, accept that he was the substitutionary sacrifice for my sins. His blood was shed on the cross for my sins. He died, was buried physically, and rose physically from the dead. If you feel he rose spiritually from the dead, you can't go to heaven. If you feel that he was in a coma and woke up and didn't die, you cannot go to heaven. We must believe that he died and was buried. The Bible says that God did not leave his body in Sheol. God did not leave leave his holy one in Sheol or in Hades or in the region of the dead. He did not leave it. And he did not, he did not allow his holy one to see corruption. Meaning that his body didn't decay because he rose after the third day. Glory. Amen. So count the cost. Christianity is free, but the life of a Christian is hard. The Christian walk is a hard walk. It's not an easy walk, but 
it is free for us to go to heaven. All we need to do is to believe and confess. But the work of Christ, the journey of the Christian is a hard one. Look at Philippians 1.27. Yes, before that, before that, Psalm 16 verse 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, but the word hell, look any other version, look at NESB. It's Sheol, the region of the dead. Sheol is the Hebrew for Hades in Greek. Look at, yes, Sheol. For you will not abandon, okay, now go back to King James. So anytime you see hell here, he's talking about Sheol, at least for this verse. For thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Corruption because your body decays when we die. But Jesus' body did not decay because glory, he rose from the dead. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. So, what's the next? Did I give you a verse? Hallelujah. So that's the first. Number two, giving your life to Jesus. We must give our lives to Jesus Christ. We must be born again. Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. If you are not born again, you cannot see and you cannot enter. Let's look at John 3, 3. Some people feel it's just see because they've not read the rest of the, the, script, the verse. Jesus answered and said unto him, very, very soon to you, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very, very soon to you, except the man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So you cannot enter because that which is flesh I, I, I shared a very good, powerful message on born again uh, some time back uh, last year. But that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So you and I were born by, uh, uh, through our mother, our mother's womb, into the world as flesh, flesh and blood, human. The body, the flesh and blood will not be able to go to heaven. So we must be born again so that, and so that we'll have a new recreated spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. The new recreated spirit is born of the Holy Spirit. That is what will take us to heaven. When our spirits are born of the Holy Spirit. But uh, the series was born again. So uh, uh, it's, it's very important. Hallelujah. So we must be born again. Romans 10, 9 and 10. When I'm leading people to Christ, I do not uh, I, I do not do them injustice. But I make sure that Romans 10, 9, and 10 is applied to them. Romans 10, 9 says, if you, what is the condition for salvation? Number one, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, one. Number two, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Three, confess to the mouth the Lord Jesus. One, two, believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead. Then you'll be saved. So any salvation prayer I lead people into, there must be the word, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Otherwise, it doesn't hold. 
So there are many people who have confessed the sinner's prayer but have not said that Jesus rose from the dead. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession of what you believe is made unto salvation. So we must confess the Lord Jesus as Lord. We must believe with our hearts that God has raised him from the dead. That is salvation. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Then we'll continue. Am I preaching? Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received. If I let's use ESP for this. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance in accordance with the scriptures. Please continue. And that he appeared to Cephas, or Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. This is one of the proofs of his resurrection. Most of whom are still alive. So if it was not true, there are many who would have said it's not true. Is there any witness? Is there anyone? Though some have fallen asleep, meaning some have died. Then he appeared to James, then all, to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, or born in due time, he appeared also to me. Please continue. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that it is with me. Whether then it, it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as risen, raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found on to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. Meaning that the fact that Christ rose from the dead means that there will be a resurrection of the body, of saints. If there is no resurrection of the saints, then it means Christ did not die, rise from the dead. That's what he's saying. For if the dead are not raised, then even Christ has been raised. No, for if, so go back to 16. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. 
Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. A, a Christian has fallen asleep when they die. An unbeliever dies twice. <laughs> hey! <laughs> the Christian's death is not death, but it is falling asleep. But the unbeliever dies and then dies the second death, which is the lake of fire. For as many, for as by a man come, came death, by a man has come also, let's use King James so I can read it quickly. Because I, I know it's easier in the King James. But this is very important too. Now let's go to King James, verse 30, verse 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Meaning that by Adam came death. By Jesus, the second Adam, came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Glory. But every man in his own order... Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom. And it goes on. This is a very good uh, chapter. This is the resurrection chapter. It goes on, describes how bodies are sown in corruption, raised incorruptible. So, I mean, it's, it's powerful. But how many get the message? We must be born again. Number three, true faith which is demonstrated by works. True faith. Now, okay. You see, this, 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 this part, some people have been misled by the devil with this verse. Let me just read it for good measure. <laughs> and then we'll continue. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, this is Jesus, we are talking about Jesus. So then cometh the end. When Jesus shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. Please continue. <laughs> For he must reign till he had put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Yes. For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he seeth all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the son also himself be subject unto him, that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Satan has deceived many people with, uh, please go back to the verse before, with 28. To say that the son is subject to the father, and therefore he can't be equal, co-equal with the father. But this is just saying that after the son has put all things, uh, this one will have you a half night, <laughs> a half night. But I'll just quickly <laughs> explain it, otherwise we'll not finish what I'm saying. But, as, oh, uh, no, let, don't worry. Let, she, she, yeah, don't, don't worry. Let it go. You can. Okay. Okay, that's fine. So, what does this mean? Quickly, this means that when Jesus has subdued all authority and power, 
then Jesus will be able to put everything under God's uh, uh, feet. Then God will be all in all. He didn't say Father will be all in all. God will be all in all. Then it will be God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost who will be all in all. Because he could have said, the Bible makes it very clear when he says Father. I mean, just look throughout the New Testament. Just type Father, plenty. So this would have said, and when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto the Father. But subject meaning that then the, then the Son will be, is, I, can't, I can't say place, but then God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit will all be in one, in, in, in sync. And God will be all in all. Father, Son, Holy Ghost together will be all in all. But I can give more detail in a half-night presentation. <laughs> Number three, true faith which is demonstrated by works. James 2.14. We talked a lot about this, so I'll not say too much about it so we can move on. James chapter 2 verse 14. What if I let's use NLT for this. What is the point? What is the relevance? What, what, what does it benefit anyone? Dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? That kind of faith can't save anyone. What does this mean? It means that that kind of faith is false faith and cannot save a person. Use Amplified for this. So anyone who has false faith is not saved. Because it cannot save anyone. So it means that there are many people who have had an emotional experience and raised their hands. And some of those people, as they are in church, and they keep confessing, then it's true faith. That's why it's always good to keep confessing. All the church, let's say it together. Because some people have faith without action, or they did not really believe that Jesus rose from the dead. They did not even understand what it meant. For salvation, you must understand and believe with all your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. He died and God raised him from the dead and he's Lord. That's why those in other religions, when I, 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 I am satisfied they are saved when they say that Jesus is Lord, not a prophet. I always tell them that a prophet will not, be, believing Jesus is a prophet will take no one to heaven. You cannot enter, you will not even see the clouds, the second heavens. <laughs> believing that Jesus is a prophet, you can't. What is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence? Can that kind of faith save him? No, a mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produces good works. It's not sufficient to save you. Meaning that just saying the confession, if you want to know whether you have true, genuine faith, check out what you are doing, how you are living after you said the prayer. It doesn't mean you might not continue doing some of the things as you are working on yourself. God is working on you. If God is not working on you, if God is not working on you and you are working on yourself, you continue to work to yourself until you enter the grave and go to hell. Because working on yourself can take no one to heaven. But when God works on you and I, and we are working on ourselves because God is working on us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
then we are going to heaven. So, anyone who wants to find out whether they have true, genuine faith, you must see a change in your life, a change in what you love, a change in what you want. Even if you are doing wrong, you don't want to do wrong. It's different from someone who wants to do wrong, then you are not saved. It's different from someone who is not yearning to walk in love. Yes, they might be getting angry, and but, what, but love is in them. There was a lady who said, I hate my mother-in-law. Kenneth Hagin was telling the story, I hate my mother-in-law. And then he said, no, if you hate your mother-in-law, then you are not a Christian. Then you cannot be saved. <laughs> then she says, does that mean I'm not saved? Then he said, no, let me help you. Not, she was not happy with her mother-in-law. That's different from hating the mother-in-law. So when he interviewed her, it was rather not happy with the mother-in-law because when you hate or you don't wish well your mother-in-law or you don't wish well someone, you, will not, you are not saved. If you wish that at heart, you wish that. Shall I say that again? There's a difference between you are irritated with someone, you are not happy with someone, you are offended because of what someone did, and of course you are working on it. But you wish the person well. You, 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 you don't hate, miss you. That miss you, you don't have that towards the person. So there will be a change. There must be a change. I used to love the club. It's only those who knew me before who understand what I mean. Sometimes I'll go myself. Because I know that I'll find someone there. <laughs> Evil. I'll go myself. I, 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 I loved those things. I loved clubbing. When I first became a Christian, I started hearing beats. Then it would be troubling me. When I part, like music, beats, I'll be troubled. Until it doesn't mean anything. I don't want to hear it anymore. But that is a sign that something is changing. Something I used to do. I had many CDs at those days. Many. All the different guys, all the different people, Brandy, Snoop, all the, I can't even go, go the list of people. But I, 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 I didn't give the CDs away. I tore them. <laughs> tore them. Break them. Broke them. Yes. So that was one. Also, the clubbing and all those things, even though they were affecting, my body wanted it. My spirit said, no, I don't want it until I didn't care about it anymore. Fornication, I wanted my body before then, not my body, my mind, my body, everything wanted to have different, multiple fornications at will. But when I became a Christian, initially, when I did it, it disturbed me. So then I realized that there's a change, something that I was pushing to. Now I'm disturbed when I do it. I, I, in the past, I didn't care too much about church. But when I became a Christian, I loved the house of God. It's very difficult to find a true, genuine Christian who doesn't go to church. Let, let me say it again. It's very rare to find a true, genuine Christian. Is that, did I say it well? Let me say it again. Any genuine Christian will be going to church. 
So it's very difficult to find someone who is a true, genuine Christian who doesn't, who, 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 who doesn't want to go to church. If you are, if you are a genuine Christian, you want to go to church. Did I say that right? <laughs> the, the phrase is a bit complicated, isn't it? Yeah. Anyone who is a genuine Christian, honestly speaking, wants to go to church. When I became a Christian, I, want, I wanted to be in church. Even as I was struggling through my sins, struggling, I'll meet, I met a pastor. Pastor John Ogundana. Met him. He helped me. At a point, I was thinking of what was the point of going to church? Because I'll go to the club, I'll booze, smoke, and then I'll go to church the, the next morning. Checking whether I'm blowing fuse. I kept on doing it over and over again. Then I met him. I worked with him. I, I said, this thing, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. What, this church thing I'm doing, why am I doing this? He said, look, David, don't worry about all the sins. Just continue to come to ch go to church. Just continue to go to church. Continue to see God, and God will drop the things. That's what he said. Oh, you can put your hands together for the Lord. And I followed his instructions as I was still doing those things. I didn't like it. I kept on going to church. Kept on going to church until one by one, one by one, one by one. Very, very important. There must be something different. I, I, when I became a new convert, that's when I would go to the buses, the, the, the double-decker. I went a couple of times and I shared tracts, told people about Jesus. New convert. Like Apostle Paul did. Straight away he preached Christ. I went to the bus. Jesus loves you. New convert. Not because of pride. How can, you do, how can you be an evangelist because of pride? Have you heard that before? Have you seen an evangelist who, who says, I want to go and win souls because of pride? Have you seen that before, Michael? Solely delusions that will make you think that. Hallelujah! Because of pride. I went to Rwanda for the crusade because I was, I'm proud. Hey! Delusions. Now, then when I was, <laughs> it's wild, people and their way they think. The devil is deceitful. He can get your mind twisted. So let's try not to get our minds twisted by the devil. Then, I was in church and I said, I'm going to serve God. I'm talking about a change. Other people have different changes, but I'm talking about mine since I'm here. I was an usher in church. My duty I did with pride and, and not, not the pride that any, I mean, with pride, with, with, with joy, sweeping the front of the church. That was my, before I became an usher, I was sweeping the front of the church. Then I was told to become an usher. I said, so long I can be, I'll be an usher so long as I can keep the sweeping of the church front of the church, I'll be an usher. If you take that away from me, then I'll prefer, then take your ushering. I want to, 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 to sweep the floor, the front of the church. 
there must be a correspond there must be i mean how can you be a christian without wanting to do something for god that's the honest truth that's the honest truth true faith demonstrated by action by works so those who had, are not thinking in this way I, I, I pray that as you are watching, think about it and pray to God and ask God so that God helps you. That's the truth. That's the Bible. Philippians 1.27 King James Okay, let's use Amplified. Let's use Amplified and then we'll go to King James. Only be sure to lead your lives in a manner that will be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I do come and see you or remain absent, I will, no, uh, go to 29. Philippians 1, 29. Keep it in Amplified. We'll go to King James after. For you have been granted the privilege for Christ's sake, not only to believe and confidently trust in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Now King James. This is the narrow way. For unto you it is given, you see, do you want to know this difficult thing now or when you meet Jesus? Now. Right, Phoebe? For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, as for believing on him, the devil also do and tremble. But also to suffer for his sake. So we here, we must pray. Not only for ourselves, but for everyone that we know. So that people will have true, genuine faith. Number four. We will love the brethren. I wasn't said a lot about this, so I won't say too much. But... The conclusion of this one is that if you really are a Christian, you will love the brethren. John 13, 34 and 35, you love the brethren. It's very clear. A new commandment I give to you, but a perfection of the old commandment or and a deeper understanding of the old commandment, that's what Jesus was trying to say. That you love one another. As I have loved you, that you love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. So, the proof of discipleship is love. Now, when you read John chapter 15, as you keep going on, Jesus said that the tree that does not bear fruit withers. It withers. If the tree doesn't bear fruit, what happens? It withers and is cast out. So, a person doesn't wither because they've left a place. A person withers because they are not loving, walking in love. A person withers because they are not loving the brethren. The Christian brethren. But people don't read their Bibles or don't understand their Bibles. That's why people will be worried about what causes withering? But ladies and gentlemen, let's do our best to love one another. Because love is of God. 
how can you say I love God when your brother or sister you can see you don't love the person you don't wish well you don't wish them well and look this can happen to all of us we definitely have people we know who have offended us some people they, they don't love you because of crazy reasons you've not done anything to them but they are not working in love towards you let us not be such people you 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 you, you, you are working in hate you are working in misery you are, you are not working in love because not because they've done anything against you that's number one number two even if someone has done something against you your duty is to love oh no man anything R romans 15 8. oh no man anything but to love one another don't owe any person any. don't owe some people go to the extent of saying that <laughs> yeah crazy things romans 15 8 please 13 8 Romans 13, 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. So this law, that law, this law, just love. And we've read, we've, we've read from 1 John chapter 3 and chapter 4 that the person who does not love is not born of God and does not know God. And that word love is not agape. It's agape which is welfare, seeking the welfare of the other person. Desiring the other person. That, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a love. That, that is the love we must have for the brethren. Includes family members who are Christians. Anyone who loves will not fear because perfect love casts out fear. Also, how many want boldness in the day of judgment? <clears throat> Some people feel they will have boldness in the day of judgment because of different things. But according to the Bible, you have boldness in the day of judgment because of love. And love is clearly specified. Greek Concordance 25 is God's definition of the love, not my definition. So if you want to go to heaven, try to make sure you go and look at the Greek 25, love, Bible. Then you are getting somewhere. A-G-A-P-A-O. To love, to wish well, take pleasure in, long for, denotes the love of reason, esteem. God's love for us is agape, 26, Greek, concordance. Now, are you in church? You sure? Number five. Lucas 21, 34 to 36.
and take heed to yourselves. Lest at any time your hearts be, if I let's use NLT for this. Always remember, you can use the other versions, but make sure King James and NESB are in sync. Because King James and NESB are always in sync, most of the time. ESV is along with them. So, NLT, it just has to fit into King James. Then we know that it's working. Watch out. Don't let me find you living in careless ease and drunkenness and filled with the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you on away. As a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep a constant watch and pray that if possible, you may escape these horrors and stand before the Son of Man. John 10, 27 to 30. Let's judge so that we will not be judged of the Lord. Let's judge ourselves. The Bible says, don't judge others, but judge yourself. I can judge myself, but I can't judge others. I know the things I need to deal with. I know the things I need to work on. Everyone must know what they need to work on. My sheep recognize my voice. I know them and they follow me. So Jesus' sheep recognize his voice. So when you read the scriptures, you must recognize his voice, what love is, what true faith is, what obedience is, what sin is, what genuine faith and everything God is looking for. A true sheep of Jesus must recognize Jesus' voice. Now, we recognize Jesus' voice by recognizing him in his word. Therefore, recognizing and understanding his word, which we'll talk about later on, but let's continue. My sheep hear my voice and I know them now, Jesus knows them, and they follow him. Now, how can you know Jesus? Number one, how do you recognize his voice? Which we'll talk about later on. Number two, how does he know you? Number three, do you follow him? Many people are following so many things. And sometimes we need to follow things. But if you follow things and you don't follow Jesus, you, 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 you are not his sheep. You can't go to heaven. <gasps> because as we read, we will see that it is his sheep he gives eternal life to. So my sheep recognize my voice, number one. Now, do we, you and I recognize his voice? 
when we read the Bible, do we recognize his voice in the Bible or mis we misrepresent or mistwist the Bible? Or Because many people read the Bible, but they don't interpret it well. But it's the Holy Spirit that is supposed to explain the Bible to us. And God has given us teachers, pastors, of course, all these, uh, the fivefold ministry to help us to understand the scriptures. But with the fivefold ministry understanding it, First John says the anointing will be able to help you. Meaning that we need the fivefold ministry, we need the pastors, we need the teachers to be able to explain the scriptures to us. Then the Holy Spirit will take what these people are saying, the fivefold ministry, and place it into our hearts with understanding and revelation. So, if we are not able to recognize what God is saying in the scriptures by being a constant reader of his word, then there's a problem. Let's go back to the verse before. Number two, does Jesus know you and I? Prayer is the second thing we are talking about. It doesn't mean if you don't pray, you are not going to heaven. But as time goes by, if you are not praying, you never pray to God. It's only as a parachute. Hey, I need some help. Lord, I need some. Then you are having prayer meetings. You are fasting. You are praying. And you are in every prayer service. Then as soon as God gives it to you, see you later. Then it, it, it's a problem. It doesn't mean that not praying will take you to hell. But usually those who don't pray are likely to be sidetracked by the devil and be subject to uh, uh, missing it and therefore missing the, the, the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? So I know them. How, how can Jesus know us? Through us speaking to him. If you don't speak to him, how will he know you? He will know you. So you and I as Christians must be prayerful. We must pray to God all the time. The first, they're counting the cost. Salvation. Faith without works. Love. Those ones, hell is guaranteed. Hell is guaranteed for those who don't fulfill that. Those. But now prayer doesn't mean, so it doesn't mean if you are not praying, you are going to hell. It just means that if you are not praying, you, you can be you are likely to be misled by the devil. You, 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 it, it, it also means that you, your relationship with Jesus Christ is shaky. So it just means that you need to come back and pray so that you are not going to be outwitted by the devil. Because the sheep of Jesus hear his voice. He knows them and they follow him. Now who are we following? Many people have stopped following Jesus in the church. There, 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 are, two, there are more than two accounts of, 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 of people who have had out-of-body experiences. They died and were resuscitated. And do you know what Jesus told them when they went up? Jesus told them that 95% of churches, he is not there. Hey! Jesus is not in 95% of churches. He doesn't, he's not in 95% of churches. So if he's not in 95% of churches, who is leading the church? In the name of Jesus, may this church be one of the 5% the 
Hallelujah. Who are following Jesus? Who Jesus is in? Jesus, Jesus is in this church because this church is revealing Christ to the world. And so long as Jesus is magnified and glorified, may he always be around. Jesus is always going to be around so long as he's magnified and glorified and we allow him to work on us and help us. Then he's in the church. Next verse. I give them eternal life. Who are the them? His sheep. Who hear his voice? Who he knows? Who follow him? The characteristics of his sheep that he gives eternal life are number one, we must know him. Number two, he must know us. No, sorry, we must hear his voice, number one. Number two, he must know us. Number three, we must follow him. And they will never perish. So it means that these three characteristics together make the fifth point. These three together are essential. Are, are essential. The word of God we must be hearing because we know, my sheep hear my voice through his word. If you don't read the Bible, then you are not being cleansed by the washing of the water, which we'll talk about. The Bible says the word of God cleans us. Jesus said they are clean through the words I have spoken unto them. Through your words I have spoken unto them. Jesus said, as he was praying the intercessory prayer, Jesus, the word of God cleans us. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter. Now, what does it mean to be born of water? It means to be born of the word of God. So how can you enter into the kingdom of heaven if you are not born of the water? And being born of the water is being born of Jesus. And being born of the spirit is being born by the Holy Ghost. Because when we are born again, the Holy Ghost baptizes us and places us into Christ. Baptizes us into the body of Christ. Immerses us into Christ. And we become a part of the body. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Never perish. Never. Never. Jesus' sheep can never perish. Why? No one will snatch them out of, away from me. The devil cannot. No one can snatch Jesus' true sheep out of his hands. No. No. For my father, I mean, you see, when God wants to say father, he, he's, he's able to separate the persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord, the Father, Jesus. He's able to separate when he sees it fit. When it's God, then it's all three. But that will be perfected in the first Corinthians 15 we read. When God will be all in all. For my Father has given them to me. And he is more powerful than anyone else. So no one can take them from me. I. And my father are one. Oh, hallelujah. So prayer. Prayer. Many Christians don't pray. And when we don't pray, we don't get direction. When we don't pray, we, don't, we, we are not able to understand what God is saying. Anytime I'm about to read the Bible, because of what the Bible says in Corinthians, that when the veil, the, the, the veil that covered Moses 
is the same veil that covers everyone, especially the people of the old covenant. But that veil or vial or veil is only taken away when we turn to Jesus. And you cannot understand the scriptures unless you are born again. Otherwise, it's a history book. But some people can be saved through the history book because it's power. Now, the veil is also taken away. One is taken from the mind. One is taken from the heart. The veil is removed when we turn to the Lord. And the Lord is the spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So it clearly means, so anytime because of this scripture, Father God, give me understanding of your word in Jesus' name, through your Holy Spirit. Then I dig into the word. Yeah. You dig into the word. Then God gives you understanding of the word. And you will not be outwitted by the devil. I pray that God will not outwit any of us. Hey, sorry, not God. I pray that the devil, did I say? <laughs> I pray that the devil will not outwit any of us, nor the son of wickedness afflict any of us in the name of Jesus. So ladies and gentlemen, let's be people of prayer. Let's be people of prayer. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. If, if, the, if the spirit of God is in you and I, we will want to pray. It doesn't mean that, oh God, I want to pray, but I wasn't able to pray. The, the desire to pray is a sign that you are born of God. Yeah. That desire, oh, I want to pray, but you miss it once. Oh, I want to pray, you miss it too. That's why I'm saying that it doesn't mean that if you do not pray, you are not of God. You are on a broad road. No. But not praying after a while can lead you to the broad road if you are not careful. Because the devil is alert and he's active and it's prayer that will take us to strength so you and I I'm going to be praying every day day one I miss it no problem day two I miss it oh God give me the grace to pray day three I miss it one week gone no prayer no problem so far as there's tomorrow God willing it's okay then the next week I pray only once a week it's no problem at least it started then you keep on going at it, going, 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 going until you can pray every day. Then it is how long you pray. It's work in progress. The key is the desire to pray and actively pray. That's the thing. God, has, God is not looking for a way to punish people. It's like, okay, he didn't pray. Bah! He didn't pray. Bah! No, 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 no. God is merciful. God is loving. No, 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 no. Even those on the, the broad road, he's still trying to get them to the narrow road. He's still trying. He will keep trying until he gets us on the narrow road. He's the merciful God. Even point one, point two, point three, point four, point five, there is still hope. The only problem is those who are entrenched in the broad road and nothing can move them. That's the one that is a problem. Immovie, I will not move. Because some can be listening to me and say that, look how he's saying. It's because he wants people to come to church. He's saying that you have to be in church. No, we are talking about faith without works. 
what are the works to prove the faith? That's, so someone like that is entrenched in the position that this thing, I'll do what I need to do. But doing what you need to do doesn't send anyone to heaven. It's doing what Jesus wants you to do. And he said, do not, not neglecting the God. Look at Hebrews 10, 25. Hallelujah. And not going to church doesn't mean you're on the broad road. But we are talking about what proves your faith. What do you desire to do? When you are born of God, there are certain desires that will be genuinely, come on. Can it be that you are born of God and you don't want to be in the house of God? You don't want to pray. You, 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 there's no change in the life. You are the same. Christianity has just been added to your, 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 your life. Your old life, Christianity has just been added to it. No. That's what we are talking about. We are not talking about one specific thing. We are just talking about a change. Because there are people who are not saved who are churchgoers. So it doesn't mean they are saved. Church going doesn't save you. So such a person who has been going to church since they were young and it's a religious routine and is not saved but on the broad road, maybe church is not the story for that person or the proof of faith. But it could be a certain mindset, a certain desire for God. It could be something different. It, it, how many again know what I'm saying? So you and I must just prove, make sure that we have genuine true faith and love and we pray we are people of prayer and like I said praying is just one of those things Jesus said it clearly my sheep hear my voice and his sheep he gives eternal life and the characteristics of his sheep are what they hear his voice and they hear his voice through his spirit but through the word number two he knows them and you can know someone through prayer. Number three, they follow him. These are the people he gives eternal life to. And therefore, these are the people on the narrow road. And then we read from Luke, as I'm finishing this, we read from Luke chapter 21, 34 to 36, that watch and pray so that you will be counted worthy to escape the things that are coming in this life. To escape the tribulation, to escape the horrors, to escape the, 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 the things that are taking people out of the faith. Because when you don't pray, Jesus said, pray that Father lead us not into temptation. Do not lead us into a temptation that can cause us to stumble. And that word temptation is trials temptations, difficulties. Some people experience so many di certain difficulties that they cannot recover from. I told you guys about the man who said I've committed an unpardonable sin. I was in a mall in Minneapolis and I was having, doing outreach. I was on outreach and I met a man. I said, Jesus loves you. He said, no. I said, oh, why? Jesus loves you. I'm not interested. You, you don't understand. I said, no, what do you mean? He said, I cannot be saved. I don't have time for that. You, I said, you can be saved. He said, no, I've committed an unpardonable sin. 
And I said, the fact that you are telling me you've committed an unpardonable sin means you have not. Because those who have committed an unpardonable sin will not know they have. Or don't believe they have. Then I said, why do you say that? He said, he loved his wife. He loved her. And she was diagnosed with cancer. And he prayed. He was a Christian that he prayed. He prayed. He prayed. Faith. What kind of faith didn't he have? He did every kind of prayer. And she died. He was so angry with God that in the morning she would just get up from his, sit in his chair and curse God. Curse him. And then feel comfortable. Yeah, he would relax. Every morning he would curse God. You took my wife. You took my wife from me. Curse him. So he said because of that he's committed and pardon me. I said no you've not. And I explained it to him and he said wow. Okay I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Thank you for giving me hope. So there are certain trials and difficulties that are very difficult. But God said he's faithful and he will never allow us to be tempted above what we are able. But with every temptation or trial or difficulty, he would always have a way of escape so that we will be able to bear it. So that is faith. So this God is faithful. But we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray so that we will be counted worthy to escape these horrors and stand before the Son of Man. I'm not out of word. Just out of time. Shall we stand to our feet? Give God praise. Oh, hallelujah. Let's speak to the Lord about what we're hearing. Speak to Him. Speak to Him. Ask Him to touch you. Ask Him to do a new thing. A new thing. A new thing in your life. Do something new in my life. Speak to him. Do something new. Do something new, Lord. Something new. yesterday
you are far away from God. You know that you are not born again. You know that you have not given your life to Jesus Christ. You are far from him. But you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be born again. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be washed with the blood of Jesus. Then I want you to repeat after me, remembering that the condition for salvation is not that you are perfect. The condition for salvation is not that you have not done horrible things. The condition for salvation is that you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died on the cross. His blood was shed and he died on the cross for your sins and that God raised him from the dead. That is the condition. If you have genuine belief in these things, Jesus is Lord. His blood was shed for you. He died for your sins and God raised him from the dead. If you genuinely believe in it, you have true faith. And it will be corresponding, a corresponding action will be proved. Once you truly believe. Because the condition for salvation is faith in Jesus. I believe that some watching have faith in Jesus. Have faith that he is the son of God. You have faith that his blood was shed for your sins. You have faith that he was a substitutionary sacrifice for your sins. You have faith that God raised him from the dead. So as you are watching, I want you to repeat after me, including all of us here. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe, I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. That he died on the cross for my sins. I believe, I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. That his blood was shed for my sins. I believe, I believe that God raised him from the dead. That God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please come into my heart. Please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Please come into my life. Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, 
I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father God, we bless you and we thank you for those who have given their lives to you, Lord Jesus. Keep them, O oh God, and preserve them. In Jesus' name, amen. We may take our seats. Offering time. Let's take out a good offering. Sow a seed today into the kingdom of God and he will bless you. Amen. Father God, bless our offering in the name of Jesus. Amen. And they will come back to you. Good measure, first time, shaking together and running over and give. And it will come back to you. Father God, bless our offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We welcome our sister.